Producer Michael Miracle here, and before we get into today's podcast, I'd like to quickly invite you to join the I Work For Him Nation. Being a part of the nation is all about being Jesus in your workplace, because you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. So, head to our website, iworkforhim.com, and click on the nation flag, then prayerfully consider joining the nation. We'd love for you to join us in this workplace movement. Thanks again for listening. Here's today's podcast. Tuesdays, we call it... Together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha. As we talk about marriage and relationship issues, and today's going to be a little bit different. We're going to do the first half of the show all about marriage, and the second half of the show, way do we have, we have a big surprise for you as we're on location in Jacksonville today and grabbed a last-minute guest to join us on the show. However you're listening to us today, whether it's on one of our uh, locations right there in Tampa Bay at AM 57910 FM 102.1, or maybe online at... Uh, uh, iHeartRadio, letstalkfaith.com. You can find out however we're being broadcast right on iWorkFrame.com. Where do they go, Martha, on the website to find out where we're at? Well, it's very simple. There is a tab called Listen, which is what you want to do if you want to listen to the radio. That, I should have a tab like that in my body. I could just press the <laughs> Time to listen, listen tab. That would be really great. <laughs> and then there's all kinds of options there and more to come. All right. Celebrating marriage. Do you do it? Do you realize that the fabric of our society is based on the institution of marriage? And ever since marriage has been attacked, the fabric of our society has been ripping at the seams for 50 or 60 years. Marriage was God's idea, and it's a good idea. Where marriage is absence, there's poverty, violence, mental destruction, and so much more. We're here today to help you gain access to a resource that will enable you and your church, local church body, to lift up the institution of marriage during the specific week of celebration called National Marriage Week USA.org, which is February 7th through the 14th. Martha and I have highlighted this ministry in the past several times, but feel it is way too important important to miss. We had to do it again this year because we want you and your church to get involved in National Marriage Week USA.org. Sheila Weber, she's the founder of National Marriage Week USA. Sheila Weber, welcome back to I Work For Him. Oh, it's so great to be with you again this year. I appreciate it. There's a lot to talk about. We're just excited. Yes, there is a lot to talk about. And here's just a question. You know, it says in Hebrews 13, 4, Give honor to marriage and remain faithful to one another in marriage. God will surely judge people who are immoral and those who commit adultery. Sheila, how does this verse fit the situation in the United States today with regards to marriage? Well, it is a big reflection on really what we've been going through. Um, marriage is in the decline. There used to be about Almost 80% of the adults in this country were married back in 1970, and now that's dropped down to 52%. So it's sort of falling off the cliff. And, um, and when you look at that verse, it, it really goes back to marriages has been hit three ways in recent decades. Way back, the promiscuity of the 60s, it started in the 60s. Then no-fault divorce laws uh, in the 70s um, really led to uh, rampant divorce rates. And then most recently, the Internet has opened up a whole new can of worms and problems, created problems um, that we never, for, uh, we never saw coming. So what we want to do is to once a year, have, especially have churches focus their um, activities on strengthening marriage and also to get the word out that marriage is so beneficial. It is not disposable. It is not dispensable. It is hugely important 
for both adults, individuals, and for children, the raising of children. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, Sheila, can you tell our listeners what, how National Marriage Week came to be? Sure. Um, I worked with a businessman in New York who funded a special report way back in 2009. It was called The Taxpayer Cost of Divorce and Unwed Childbearing. And way back in those years, we discovered that uh, the taxpayers were spending $112 billion a year, and that was a very low estimate. Uh, so today it could be $200 billion or more per year. This is the cost to the American taxpayer when uh, marriages fall apart and families are fragmented. Um, so this is how it came about. We said, how can we spin a new story that marriage is good for you mm-hmm. and it's, um, it's important to uh, go into marriage well prepared and then to learn how to keep yours uh, healthy and and um, you know help help you have a good marriage, so that's how it came about. And um, yeah. So then, with that in mind, what did what did you um, perceive, and what was the purpose that was to come out of it? Well, we wanted this to be a positive campaign. We we really mm-hmm. don't want people to feel guilty. Um, you know, there is always a new step forward that God provides. If your heart is in the right place, we want people to realize that they can start afresh. But also, um, you know, the purpose is really to strengthen individual marriages and to build a culture that that fosters uh, stronger marriages uh, and for the goal of benefiting children and to reduce poverty. Well, let's talk about that, Sheila, because that's one of those weird comments. People are going, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're talking about building up marriages, trying to encourage churches to, to build up marriages. And again, people could check this out online at nationalmarriageweekusa.org. How in the world, what's the correlation between marriages and and solving issues like poverty and debt and right. crime? I mean, that's yeah, a the, weird... Talk, talk there's, to me. there's overwhelming research. A research and and actually both the the left and the right actually agree on this that marriage reduces no way come oh, on yeah. tell the truth <laughs> so, on the air now well, so here's here's one fact from the heritage foundation which is uh, more conservative and it says that marriage drops the probability of child poverty by 82 percent and here's mm-hmm. a fact from the brookings institution which would be a little more progressive they say we would have 25 percent less poverty today if we had the marriage rates that we had in 1970 so um, they really are in agreement, and they also have sort of come together on this issue um, with some other research organizations and developed something called the success sequence. And I'd like to explain that with a little caveat. So here it is. If you graduate from high school, work full-time, and postpone childbearing until after marriage and after the age of 21, there's only a 2% chance that you'll be in poverty. If you don't do those things, there's a 77% chance you'll be in poverty. Now, my caveat is that we value life, so we're not suggesting that, um, you know, there's, uh, there's something that happens to, to, you know, that would be untoward in terms of protecting life. We're just saying that younger people can, can measure their lives and measure their relationships and be more careful so that they can accomplish these goals. Um, they're, they're not that far out of people's reach to finish high school, work full-time, and wait for marriage and childbearing after the age of 21. 
That's a big statistic. When you say, okay, if a kid waits to get married and have children until after the age of 21, they only have a 2% chance of ending up in poverty versus if they don't wait to get married and they don't wait to have children before 21, Mm -hmm. it's going to be 77%. That. Well, that's combined with if they didn't finish mm-hmm. high school and or not. Oh, work. sorry, they right. finished high school. I right. forgot. Right, right, right. There are three parts of that. But again, I think those are very attainable. And it's important for us to help young people think about their futures in that light. Yeah, and I think the reality of the fact that you're going, you know, you have, what, a 75% spread with the, the probability of the poverty if those things are not, mm. um, uh, right. you know, that's huge. It's not like, oh, we have a 5% improvement right. or something right. like that. I mean, that's is huge. It's three yeah. out of four. And we do care about poverty. You know, yes. I mean, it's one of the biggest concerns of the church today. And so what we want to do is get the attention of the church that if we can, if we can you know, focus on marriage and pre-marriage and good patterns, we will actually help the poverty situation, too. So let me ask this question, just related to Christ followers in marriage. And I didn't tell you I was going to ask this question, so if it's too... Uh, no, I know, you can, I know you know the answer to this. <laughs> if a Christ follower's marriage is a mess, have you guys done any statistics on how much that impacts them and their ability to make an impact positively on culture if Christian marriages are just as much of a mess as non-Christian marriages? I mean, what, what are some of the... Relate some of those statistics to people following Jesus. Well, the church... People in the church do need help. Um, yes, every you know, people get themselves into um, tense situations, um, and I what we want them to know are that there are places they can get help, and we do have a list of resources at nationalmarriageweekusa.org. There are some crisis intervention places that people can reach out and find the help they need. I, I want I want to give people either outside the church or inside the church hope, because mm-hmm. I have personally witnessed so many uh, marriages that have looked like there's no hope for them. Martha, you are the originally, you originally found this. I did, and um, I was doing some research. I remember we were looking for marriage stuff, and I actually ran across the calendar that is on their website, nationalmarriageweekusa.org. And so I was um, just reminding Jim that we actually have even our marriage cruises posted there that will be, that goes, we go out of Tampa next week. So people can't, at this point, it's full and um, we are getting ready to set sail. But it's something that um, resources like that are on the calendar for people to look at what's going on and that can help my marriage or help our church. Sheila Weber, welcome back to I Work For Him. Oh, thank you. Yes, that calendar is such a great tool because people can put in their state and then see if there's something happening near them. And uh, we were just talking about uh, inside the church, if a marriage is in crisis, uh, what can be done. I I was on the phone yesterday, and I was uh, with Focus on the Family, and we have many, many other groups that, that have wonderful products. But that I just was happy to learn that they have a new conference for um, marriages that are in crisis. So, but you know, some of these resources are on our calendar, and they're and they're um, on our navigational tools under the resource page. We want people to get the help they need, um, and and to you know, and also for the churches to know that this is um, such an important part of a church's ministry, just as important as their Sunday school or their choir or their overseas missions. Um, 
that uh, I, there was years, about 10 years ago, um, Barna found out that only 27% of our nation's churches were doing anything for marriages. Mm-hmm. So we want that number to increase and encourage just a simple thing. It can just be a new Sunday school class or a home group. I actually like the idea of a church going out and hosting something at the local YWCA or the local library to reach out to their neighbors. So So let's talk about the website, Sheila Weber, from nationalmarriageweekusa.org. What are some of the resources? Because, I mean, as you said, you said, how old was that research on Barna that said 25% of the churches were doing something proactively on marriage? Yeah, we should go back to them and do another uh, do another count on how many years that, ago was that? That's ten years ago. Okay, so, and that was a twenty five percent. I would yeah. guess today that the number is not larger. So well, it's possible, for- which means that we have to uh, you know get the word out even more. And also, you know what's interesting this this day and age is so overwhelmed with um, internet and and social media, and we're just flooded constantly that we think it's valuable just to have one week a year to say, okay, we're going to focus. Just like there's the Susan B. Komen Walk for the Cure or there's Earth Day, let's get everybody all on board at the same time. And so we do appreciate you guys getting the word out on that. Okay, so we want to get we want to get churches involved in this. We want to get churches engaged in the whole conversation. So let's try to excite them about the conversations or the the resources that are out there on the website. I, I think that would be. I mean, because yeah. a lot of times churches are like, I don't have time to reproduce something. And you're like, you right. don't have to. I've got it all right here. Right. What, what are those resources well, there look are like? So, there are so many incredibly wonderful DVDs that you plug them in. We call them plug and play. So there are DVD programs, and they're produced by other groups that we think are wonderful. We, we do not create a product that we're trying to sell. We elevate, you know, we want to be the rising tide that floats all boats. Um, but there are lots of DVDs and workbooks. They're so easy to use. Um, we, all, we have our own marriage tips and ideas. We have ideas of how to help your, uh, your, your friends have affordable weddings. Sometimes people just keep putting off the wedding because they don't think they have the money. Well, listen, you know, people used to go down to, well, they just showed up with, you know, a cake and some punch and a pretty business suit. So we've gotten a little far, far-fetched far on what we expect from our weddings. And so we, we have a lot of resources under the Help for Your Marriage place. We've got a faith and leadership category for clergy to get um, some very easy-to-use resources. And we're, you know, we are getting on... Um, media coverage ourselves, which is why we want people to put their events on our national calendar. No, however, how, however small it is, it, it's great to show that there's so much happening around the country. Do you have any specifics on, you know, you guys have been doing this for a lot of years. What kind of really cool stuff have you seen come out of the promotion of National Marriage Week USA, which is, by the way, February 7th through the 14th. Check it out online. Resources for your church, for your organization, nationalmarriageweekusa.org. Have you, you got any really cool stories, yeah. Sheila? Do people ever tell you, hey, this is what's going on? Yes, yes. Um, I called a friend of mine who leads a men's ministry in Pittsburgh. Uh, he's a good friend of my husband's, and I mentioned this to him a few years back, and Every Valentine's weekend, he now has a huge Saturday night dinner dance with um, 
uh, a talk on marriage and encouraging time for marriages, a date night. And he says it's like 400 people are coming now. And it's like, so um, that's wow. one type of event. Um, I will tell a quick story. My sister-in-law years ago was pretty resistant to the idea of faith. She didn't go to church, but her neighbor invited her and her husband to go to a Friday night talk on how to have a better marriage. Very simple, probably just an hour and a half talk. She was so blown away, and her husband, and it met their needs so much. They had not heard any sort of self-help material. We call it faith-help material, but they hadn't heard it, that they are now a part of that church and have been ever since and are growing in their faith because somebody, a church, reached their real need, their felt need, and their true need, which was, how can we help your marriage? Um, There was another group, um, now I'm losing track of the town. It was a town in Ohio. And there were eight churches that got together, and they put up a big booth at the shopping mall, and it said National Marriage Week, Free Marriage Counseling. And they found counselors in the area that they trusted who offered free sessions, and the churches took a day each to man the booth. And those counselors got new business. They did have a a free session or two for people just walking through the mall. And those couples had a way to go forward and get help, it was a win-win for everybody. So there are a lot of fun ideas, but also we have um, a bulletin insert that can just be printed right off from our toolkit. So if um, if your church wants to just put a little bulletin insert um, during the Sunday between February 7th and 14th, that is a wonderful educational way to go. And then people in your church can use the week just to form a committee. We we love finding out there are things happening in March and April and on and on. So um, this is just a catalyst week for things that can happen all year long. So one of the things I love about, especially like that story that you said about the Friday night, come and learn a little bit more about your marriage, um, is that something that really relates back to our whole talk with I Work For Him about what can we do in our workplace? If, a, if you set that up and do it somewhere not in a church and say, hey, coworker, hey, employee, come with me. Wouldn't this be a great thing to go to? They may never darken the doors of our church, but they may go to something like that, and their lives will never be the same. And marriage resources yeah. at church, at work would be mm-hmm. huge. We've been talking to some of our sponsors about yes. letting us come and do a small marriage retreat on their location for their employees, and they're like, whoa. That's a good idea. Oh, boy, I tell you, if you guys would do that, I sure would love to highlight that uh, to to the folks that are involved with us. So that would be, yeah, that would be really groundbreaking, and I think there is a lot of potential for that kind of thing. Okay, so in the last couple of minutes, I just really quick, what are some of the known benefits of marriage that we've talked about in the past? Right. The known yeah, benefits, so, what are those? Yeah, research is so overwhelming that married adults live longer lives if they have better health. They have greater personal happiness. The children raised by both parents at home perform better in school, have less addiction, less teen pregnancy, and less trouble with the law. And marriage lifts women and children out of poverty. Um, All married adults have uh, far greater wealth and financial stability. So the benefits are are really huge, and it's so worth... um, you know, if you're if you're struggling or if you have you know someone who's needing help, to go to nationalmarriageweekusa.org, look at the ways you can get help or or reach out to help someone else who needs it. 
Well, and it's such a huge resource to have that out there and available at nationalmarriageweekusa.org. What a great deal. They don't have to reproduce the wheel at all. They've got those resources out there. It, speak to those churches again about the kinds of things that you've seen out there that, that Barna talked about of the impact of marriage is falling apart. Since 1970, what are some of the things we've seen because marriage has been torn? Well, yes, sadly, uh, we, all, we have 50% of the U.S. babies today born out of wedlock to women under the age of 30. Um, and and that, is, that is really not a good track record, even though, you know, you and I value life, we certainly do. It's about the habits that get you into the circumstances. And, you know, so we really want women to, to prevent the conception and to be careful about their relationships. Um, so and, that statistics, you know, we're running out of time. It's alarming for children, you know, because they're going to grow up with less advantages. Mm-hmm. That statistic, though, the 2% or 77%, really quick, do that. Okay, thing. so if you finish high school, you work full-time, and you postpone marriage and childbearing until after the age of 21, there's only a 2% chance you'll end up in poverty. Mm-hmm. If you don't do those three things, there's a 77% chance you'll end up in poverty. Sheila Weber with the National Marriage Week, USA.org. Thanks for coming on I Work For Him together on Tuesdays. Thanks for sharing your story. We're so grateful for your ministry, and yes. we're so excited about what's going on. We've got we to find more ways to multiply this across the country. But thank you, Sheila Weber. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate thank what you, you. do. Mm-hmm. Check it out online at nationalmarriageweekusa.org, nationalmarriageweekusa.org. Well, we are on location today in Jacksonville at the Salem Center, the future expansion location of I Work For Him up here in Jacksonville, where we'll be on The Truth at 91.5 and 91.3. And 91.7. And 91.7. And then uh, at 2 o'clock in the afternoon in Jacksonville. And then we're going to be on at 5 o'clock on The Biz, which is 100.3. That's correct. And we've got, we've got in studio, we've got a couple of guys. We've got uh, Jim Stockton. He's going to be go, go a little solo, be quiet in the background, but he's listening to the <laughs> show today. He's our live audience. He's, he's on the board of directors for LifeWork <laughs> Leadership right here in Tampa, or in Tampa Bay. Wow, how about Jacksonville, Jacksonville. Florida? I get and we've got John Beaner, who is in charge and the founder of Wise Council, which is a Christian Business Roundtable discussion group. Uh, and we're going to hear more from John. John Beaner, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you. I'm so grateful that you're willing to squeeze us in this afternoon (laughs) as we really want to hear about wise counsel. And as we begin this partnership in Jacksonville with ministries like yours, I want people to come to become a Christ follower. Well, that happened in 1980. I had, um, moved here and uh was in work for the chamber of commerce and different things but anyway i was driving to work one day and um i mean i was raised in a christian home i thought anyway and driving to work and i saw this demon trying to get me down and i was trying to get him down but in the back of my mind there was a wrestling match going on and by the time i walked into that corporation to make a presentation about a seminar we were doing i had been what was gripped with fear Mm. And uh, I was frustrated and went back to my office and moped and didn't know what was going on. And then that night went and told my wife I was gripped with fear. I was afraid to talk to people, all this kind of stuff. And anyway, I uh, just flipped on the television trying to get my mind off my troubles. And what ended up happening is I saw this TV show where this uh, dairy farmer from Los Angeles was interviewing a attorney from toronto and the attorney said you know my whole life changed when i turned it over jesus christ stopped trying to live my life for myself and started living it for him (laughs) and that just lit the match that i started to cry and i started 
realize that God's for real, that he's active. And I was always told, no, Johnny, you don't ever see God. He's a, mm-hmm. You just get to heaven if you're a good person, and that's where you meet him. And that's what, unfortunately, I was told and then didn't know any better. And uh, But I also figured pastors and priests got paid to say the things they said, so I didn't. But a businessman saying it, mm-hmm. that was a testimony, and that's what lit me that was a group called Full Gospel Businessmen, and so I got involved with that and committed my life to Christ the next day in a hotel room in the Days Inn in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And I'd taken my King James Version of the Bible, which I'd never read. You know, I'd memorized the chapters of the Bible as a kid in, in school and uh, in Sunday school, but otherwise didn't really know much about it. So mm-hmm. anyway... Uh, there in the days in was a paperback Bible and there was a sinner's prayer. Didn't know what it was, but that was the beginning. So that's where I gave my life to Christ in a hotel room. That's awesome. So a Gideon Bible. Even no, it was a days in Bible. It was a days in paperback Bible. And it was really only in a new Testament Bible, but Mm -hmm. in the back they had these different prayers, you know? Yeah. And so, um, I love that. That is cool. I really appreciate you sharing that. So, (laughs) so, well, How it's did, just the truth. That's all. <laughs> but that, but that's what we love to hear, I and mean, we love to hear those stories. So it was, a, but that business guy you said from the full gospel businessman group. Yeah, he he was somebody that you had normally had an interaction with that, that answered that question. Or it was a TV show that oh, a that local was a doctor had put on, and it was called the Good News Show, and it was done by a guy named Demas Shakari and Full Gospel Businessman way back in 1980. You know, wow. So, Wow, very yeah. cool. You know, God's timing. He had you flip on and... <laughs> yeah, right. That yeah, just happened I by wish chance. He, I wish he'd done it earlier, actually. But anyway. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, the lights came on that day anyway. Mm. So how soon after that did your wife become a Christ follower? Or was she already Christ follower before that? Well, she would always consider herself that, and she would drag me to church, you know, mm. too. So, I mean, um, but... But it was a, a you know a wild experience. My church actually became the full gospel group because we had testimonies all the time. So that's why I got hooked on testimonies. Really, mm-hmm. is to hear real life stories. I, again, I I still listen to obviously, and I've been into many different churches since, and really gotten deep into the Word and a lot of experiences. But it was not, uh, in other words, it was. It was something that never got deep into my soul and my spirit like it needed to be that first. So I got testimonies as my ministries and my teaching, and uh, and God led me within a week to a business called the Executive Committee. I'd never heard about, never knew anything about, but I'd had was I had a big famous speaker coming from Dallas that was talking to 400 executive with independent life insurance companies, and I'd arranged that, and they called me the day before this is a week after i gave my life to christ and he he um the guy from dallas said that the um the guy who was supposed to come see speak got sick and he couldn't come but another man's coming in his place and this is a day before the the whole event's oh taking place and as i hung up the phone in my spirit and at the time i didn't know i had a spirit but <laughs> it kept coming over and over again this man's coming to tell you something about your business you know and i was doing leadership management training kinds of programs uh and had for a few years and it wasn't going anywhere in fact my daughter said dad why don't you go get a job like those other people a real job and stop trying to do with a small business thing and uh that was convicting, <laughs> and so, uh, but anyway, he 
the guy, the new guy, the different guy came, and uh, I just fail, felt like this was God's telling me something through this, and I thought he was going to tell me how to build my business better, smarter, wiser, and it ends up telling me about this organization called the Executive Committee, formed in Milwaukee in 1957. And uh, anyway, I knew at the moment he described it, that's what I was called to do, hmm. wow, to work with funny. CEOs of companies in a okay. roundtable process. And it had been existing at that time, probably about 15 years, uh, in Milwaukee area primarily, and then in California. And I guess I was kind of the third leg of the stool because there nothing really else existed except they did have one group in Albuquerque, and they'd failed in Houston, and they had a, a dabbling of a thing trying to go on in Dallas. But otherwise, I said, well, I know this is what I'm called to do. And so he ended up setting me up. Uh, with the people in California who would claim the rights to the rest of America kind of thing, <laughs> you know, without a contract or anything. But they were doing it. They had about 20 groups probably in California at the time. But they thought they were struggling too. Said, And they said immediately, we're not going to Florida. We haven't gotten to Arizona. You know, like I said, that's okay. I'm coming because I know God's got a plan through all of this. And so I went out there and Ended up getting the license for the state of Florida. And so over 13 years, built it up with about 25 different groups and 20 people helping me. And uh, it was a God thing. I mean, I I was learning, you know, by blocking and tackling. And uh, <laughs> I was able to lead some people to Christ. And a lot of people thought I was on the deep end, you know, with my faith and such. But it was a fun experience, you know. But after, and then 1995, the Lord Call is calling me out, you know, through some struggles that were going on, and and uh, I it, one day I just said, Lord, if you're trying to get me out of this thing, you need to send a buyer that's going to let me out gracefully. And this the president of the parent company out of California had called me and said, We think we'd like to buy your license. I said, okay, <laughs> and I said, No, not really, but let me think about it. And I just so I mean that I just said that prayer the day before, and so. Anyway, what happens is they came. It didn't didn't work out with them, but we ended up selling it over a two-year period with different people sort of bidding to buy it and that kind of thing. Mm. But it was a blessing. You know, it was a God thing. You know. So is that what led to Wise Counsel today? Well, I had a five-year non-compete. So, and I had, you know, Buck Jacobs I had met years ago and tried to get him involved, and he, he never wanted to be in a secular thing, and I – Said, though, that's great. You know, he wanted to be in a Christian form. So he formed C12. And uh, so, and then later on, yeah, when I sold that, he wanted me to come get involved with that. But I felt God was calling me. First, I had a non compete. I mean, I had different mm -hmm. people, Christian organizations coming to me to do this with them, you know. Right. And we did partner with one for a while. Uh, but, and, and we're growing in different parts of the country. But anyway, it was back in. It was night, late 99 when the non-compete was coming up, and people were asking me to do this for Christians. And uh, so um, that's where God just confirmed with me. One time I sat mm -hmm. down with a guy who was CEO of a company, and, and I went into the restroom, and I just heard the 
Holy Spirit saying to me, this is what I've called you to do. So oh. I'm still stuck here. So. <laughs> <laughs> so talk to me about Wise Counsel. Who's involved in Wise Counsel? What kind of person is a perfect fit for Wise Counsel? Well, his name is Jimbo Stockton. You know what I mean? He's, <laughs> he's six foot tall. He's good looking. He's smart. He's intelligent. And he has a heart for God. <laughs> and he's right here in our listeners. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he's sitting here listening yes. in. So, so, But who's your typical attendee? Or member, well, I'm not talking about members. members or, yeah, okay. I mean, uh, what the, there is no typical. You okay. know, there. I mean, we work with businesses and ministries, some ministries, okay. but it's primarily to help entrepreneurs grow their business. I mean, it's small to mid-sized companies. You know, we're okay. not. I mean, even the other business, the tech business I had, I had a couple of companies that went from two million to two billion in a 15-year period of time. But for the most part, we're not working in that arena. Mm-hmm. We're working in the uh, small, you know company's doing a million dollars in sales or they're doing got a couple that do a hundred million but the point of it all is it's really about growing the individual god showed me what i'm doing with wise counsel is different than what i did with that other business and and it's not about the numbers it's not about you know the cash flow and all that kind of stuff it's about their heart Mm -hmm. you know and so it's about serving the Lord in a business and in a ministry that really changes lives. You know, making money is part of it. You have to be in the world, but not of the world. You got to still block and tackle and make money sure. with everybody else, you know, uh, whether they're Christian or not. But you, but then the whole idea is ultimately to serve the Lord, not to uh, die a wealthy person, you know, have it stashed under their mm-hmm. bed somewhere. It you doesn't know. do anybody any good to have a lot yeah. of money. Right? So wise counsel, where do people find it online? Like if they're they're looking you up and they want to get involved in Wise Counsel, I want to give the website out before we go to break. Well, the website's called Ask Wise Counsel, and Counsel is spelled C O U N S E L, not like City Council, but like counseling a person. Mm-hmm. So. Is it dot com or dot org? Yes, dot com. Dot yes. com. So uh-huh. askwisecounsel.com. dot com. John Beener, I'm excited to hear about what Wise Counsel is doing. What um, when you look at the kind of you said business owners and leaders that owned smaller businesses, typically small, medium-sized businesses. What kind of conversations do you guys get to have in those, maybe they're secret society, don't give me any specifics. <laughs> what kind of conversations, it's a roundtable discussion, right? Sure. What kind of things do you well, talk about? I mean, it's more than that, actually. It's, I mean, it's a fellowship, you know, it's okay. a bonding, you know, it's a heart-to-heart connection. You know, we pray for each other. We have an mm-hmm. intercessor that prays for people, and then we, each other, actually, we pair up and pray for each other as well and then nice we have outside experts that come in cash flow talking about marketing talking about the internet mm. talking about ministry talking about you know leading people to christ all subjects versus Sweet. the secular business that i did was primarily about cash flow growing you know what i mean hiring doing all the right things that you'd have doing a business but this is more encompassing because we we get into personal issues as well but so the morning is more often around what we call a resource, and then the afternoon is more around issues or decisions people are making in their business or ministry or family. And they want to, you know, lay it on the table and get wise counsel, get advice from one mm. another. And and it's not all, not everybody agrees on what someone might do, but we pray for that individual as well. So that's what it's about. What kind of impact do you see in, on the guy, the people? I mean, is it men and women or just men? It's mostly men, but women are certainly welcome. Okay. You know? All right. Yeah. What kind of impact are you seeing on your members as you look at down the road? Because, you know, you invest in somebody today, that impact may be felt years down the road as people right. start to, as it finally gets through to their core and it gets through the crusty outside. What kind of impact do you see? 
Well, I see a life-changing impact, I think, in, in all ways. I mean, uh, they've never been exposed to this. Churches never mm-hmm. talk about that business has anything to do with God, okay, <laughs> that God's involved. And that's that's a part of what led me into the radio show is that I say God's involved in everybody's life, whether they know him or not. Yeah. You know, he's there. I mean, I mean, the first, I didn't know him for a long time, but I can look back and tell how he was involved and what he was doing with and through me. So, so people are growing not only in their faith, but they're growing in their wisdom and how to run a business, how to make it do it better, smarter, wiser, and and give God the credit and honor and and hopefully impact their church too. It's kind of bottom up <laughs> marketing. Mm. That's a strategy as well. But but churches are missing out on it. You know, I think. There, and and for some, and, and we're seeing that there are exceptions around the country of churches sure. that are touching it, and that's what, that's one of the things we're trying to encourage right here. And I work for him, get people, get pastors involved and made to flourish, which would be fantastic. So you mentioned your radio show, Inspiration Three Sixty. You're on five days a week in Jacksonville. Right. You're on the Truth, which is ninety one seven at four o'clock in the afternoon. So you're about ready. Mm-hmm. We'll make sure we get you out of here in time in order to be able to get on there. <laughs> talk talk to me about what your show is all about. Well, again, it's about testimonies, trying to inspire people with real-life stories of people that have been through either crisis or good times. or And I mean, we talk about all kinds of subjects. It can be business. It can be ministry. It can be drugs, prayer, ministry, alcohol. It can be any subject, you know. Uh, we even talk about health. We talk about, you know, the more natural ways, the God's ways versus living on drugs or or caught up in this and and all these other things that happened. It it started with the whole thing about the media. To me, the media is feeding negative stories. Mm. I mean, it's the what's the shocking news for the day? You know mm. what I mean? They could mm-hmm. grab people's attention and 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 what we're talking about is providing the shocking good news of Jesus Christ, what He's doing in people's lives. Again, I mean, we even have a show on the other day about Jeff Bezos, you know, founder of Amazon, you know talking about how he got started with so we use sound clips that we get through i've got a couple hundred interviews that i've done through the years and been able to interview uh dan kathy ken blanchard you know zig ziglar and people like that and so i have a lot of interviews that we draw on but also we have so we take clips of those interviews and we also get some off the internet or even the 700 club or other sources where Mm -hmm. we can grab a hold of sound bites that help people get an insight and be a witness to them, encourage them, you know, take a risk with God, you know, uh, take a risk with loving somebody deeper, even though you can't forgive them yet. You know what I mean? Things like that. So I love the, the fact that you said, and it even says on your business card, it talks about, um, you know, it, Jesus Christ is changing the lives of all people through their personal testimonies. And Jim and I talk often about, you know, the power of a testimony is you can't refute it. Right. It's what happened in someone's life. Yeah. And so what you're, you know, showing people and, and giving them as a resource is only through the power of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I first sold that other business and I had the five-year non-compete, God immediately led me to write a book. And I said, God, I can't write a book, a chapter maybe. But (laughs) anyway, he kept working on me and I stupidly hired a ghostwriter and that didn't work. But anyway, eventually I I got inspired or deep enough and confident enough that I thought I knew what I was doing. But J.C. Penney was an inspiration to me. Mm -hmm. You know, his story is very captivating of mm-hmm. how he'd come to Christ through his father's witness as a as a part-time pastor, farmer, and all that kind of stuff. But 
but what and he had he started the golden rule stores basically you know and so and so i got to meet jim miller who'd been ceo of jc penny for many years and he lived here in our area and got to interview him and so there's so many inspiring stories of business people and i say pastors are still talking about moses and moses and joseph and and all the great biblical stories and characters we know but how about today right. is there anybody out there today that's doing something so many you know for christ that is a good witness i mean mm-hmm. obviously there's some people talk about chick-fil-a and hobby lobby and those kind of people and they're great you know but there's a lot more too mm-hmm. and, millions and there nobody's millions. talking about them or no pastors are recognizing them or yeah, I did have a pastor say, yeah, I want you to teach about this, John, because I want to have a lot of millionaires in my church. <laughs> but don't let them get out the door, you know, share with somebody else. <laughs> Keep them all here. You know? mm. So we can help that. We can help the pastors understand. It's not about the money. But, man, can you imagine if Christ followers in all of their workplaces across the country were living out their faith vibrantly and, and, and just living, hey, Jesus impacted my life. It's impacted everything. How our country would change Amen. if Christ followers were Amen. living that faith out. But that's one of the, that's why we're on the air to inspire people to recognize: Wow, your life is different because of Jesus. Our lives are different because of Jesus, and it should impact everything about us, especially our work, because mm-hmm. we spend so much time there. Right. So let's go back to the the Wise Council. Askwisecouncil dot com right here in Jacksonville. You've been doing that for a lot of years, almost twenty years. Then, yeah, almost. Yeah. What is the well, just your top common issue that you see your members struggling with in that connection of faith and work. Do you have any commonality to those conversations? I'm not sure that there is a lot of commonality. It's a different, different, diversified, you know, kinds of conversations. But to me, one of the biggest issues is really how the enemy is impacting people, you know, and people aren't willing to talk about that or don't want to address that. But I say that there's a radio station playing in everyone's head. And it's the bad news of how the enemy's telling everybody, you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You know, you're, you're never going to make it, you know, and all this stuff that goes through their mind and it causes them to limit the possibilities. It causes them not to pay attention. There was a pastor, can't remember where he's from and his name skips my mind right now, but he wrote a book about uh, how God, when Satan took over god let adam and eve leave the garden of eden that they walked out with feelings of insecurity because their security was god in the garden and they walked out with feelings of inferiority and shame probably as well that's right that that comes together and so what happens so that becomes the tool that the enemy can use on people you know so there's always this constant doubt you know fear anxiety that he kind of throws at you you know that there's where the armor of god is so important you know the shield mm-hmm. of faith the guard against the fiery darts of the enemy so this is stuff that a lot of people don't think of but it still impacts their lives their willingness to take risks their openness they're seeing the vision of god I wrote, i've written three books one of which god led me to which is I call the untold secret that creates true wealth. And it's really where Jesus says that the parable of the sower is the secret to the kingdom of God. Did you know that? It's repeated three times in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's the most repeated parable in the whole New Testament. And there it says that God will pro- provide a seed, okay? And the seed is the vision, the unction, the leading of God on the beaten down path. The beaten down path is is your mind, your soul, 
which is filled with, you know, doubts and fears and all that. And people say, oh, that's a great idea, but I can't do it. I don't have enough money and I'm not smart enough, blah, blah, blah. And then it falls on the rocky soil, okay? Oh, I can try that. Oh, I can't keep doing this. It's not too hard. And then the thorny soil, good soil. The idea is God's conditioning us to be open to his leading and hear his voice and know and recognize it and take risk. Hmm. Hmm. John Beaner with AskWiseCounsel.com. AskWiseCounsel.com. Thanks for being on I Work Friend this afternoon. I look forward to future shows with you and many of your members, John. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. Martha, again, on the road in Jacksonville at the Salem Center. We're so grateful to the Salem Center and the people right here at CP Broadcasting for helping us do that today. Make sure you check us out online at iworkforhim.com. That's iwork, the number four, him.com. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I I work work for him. him.